Yo, 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 what's good, folks? Welcome back to the second episode of Straight Up No Chaser with your guys, Ray Jackson and Talon Taylor. Bro, welcome back. What's up, man? Another week, another week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Definitely had a good time and uh, got some good feedback after the first episode, man. So we just uh, back week two, trying to keep the same energy, try to give the same insight, same knowledge. Uh, Couple things we talked about on week one definitely uh, showed his face over this past week, and uh, we had a couple other events. We had the Duke and Gonzaga game. We're gonna talk about when we get to the college section. Uh, but first off, definitely gotta give another shout out to Danny Lamb and the guys over at uh, Cross Christian Academy. Cross Christian Academy, Seaford, Delaware. Once again, them guys pulled out another win. Uh, they beat Vision Academy out of New York. Uh, they beat them by 10, so it, it wasn't like the, the Mount Zion one two-point win where it, it comes down to the end. They actually had control of this game all the way through, uh, sealed it, you know, brought another win home at the uh, another home game as well, too. Heard it was a good turnout. Uh, give some of the fellas they credit. Uh, Antoine, Antoine Wilson, once again, 17 points, five boards, three blocks, big time. Uh, Tawan Hardy, he added 17 as well with seven dimes. Uh, Elijah Cradell, is that how you say it? Cradell? Cradle. Cradle. Uh, 16 points this time. Six rebounds, four dimes. Uh, Jordan Butler, he had 13 points. Uh, Jason Handy had 12, and Corey Mumford rounded it out with five. And once again, man, congratulations, guys. Uh, starting the season off on a good foot. Setting the foundation for Cross Christian Academy the right way. Danny has them boys playing good, locked in early in the season. Uh, so you guys just keep doing your job over there, man. Hard work pays off. You guys are starting to see some results. And uh, 2-0, I mean, you couldn't ask for more starting off. Their next game, though, uh, that'll be Monday, the 29th at Seaford, 5 o'clock. Uh, I think I seen it was $5 for uh, kids. Yeah, I don't say it's $5 entry fee. Yeah, like most high entry schools. Fee. Yeah, I think kids kids certain age get in free, but uh, okay. Okay. for the most part, uh, $5 for the majority. Yeah, so, definitely, uh, definitely go show up and, uh, you know, support them boys over there. You know, we, high school hasn't started yet. You know, we're starting to ramp up, you know, so they're getting out early. Uh, and and with the team, you, you really see sort of positionless basketball. Everybody's, you know, I think tallest kid maybe about 6'5", that's playing. Yeah. Uh, maybe 6'6". Six, six. But everybody rebounds, everybody scores. It's a balanced attack. Um, you have a pretty wide out stat sheet that shows you that everybody has to crash the board. Nobody's, you know, leaking out, but you're getting an assist there, you're getting an even amount of points, everybody's eating. Right. It's definitely uh definitely spread out with the points and like you said, it's 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 a collective effort on the boards because it's not like Somebody's having 15, 13, 12 boards. Yeah. It's yeah. seven here, eight here, six here, five here. So yeah. five, it, five is definitely greater than one. Definitely. I mean, I, I've seen them guys play one one scrimmage game. But uh, just from highlights and talking to a couple guys from over uh, on the Seaver side of town and the west side of Delaware, Sussex County, they it just seems like a free-flowing offense, like Talon said. Uh, they enjoy playing with each other. Nobody cares who gets the the accolades or the accomplishments and who gets the recognition. It's really a group of guys that's out there hooping, 
just making plays. You know, basketball is about making plays, and that seems like the formula they have over there. So keep scrapping, keep playing hard, fellas. Keep working on your game, and, you know, hard work pays off. There's no other way to say it, man. So once again, shout out to the boys over in Seifert, man. Keep it going. Keep it going. Absolutely. And uh, so moving on, we're going to go straight into the college, man. Uh, just yesterday, last night. Big, big matchup. We had a nice a nice early season classic. Uh, number one versus number two. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Duke is five. They were five? Yeah. You oh, got excuse some, me. Yeah, excuse you, got, me. you got some people who uh, don't know how to evaluate talent, apparently. I could have sworn they was number two. Well, and like I said, I think they started out number ten. Number nine, number ten when they first started the season. So, no, nah, uh, <coughs> they will be. Uh, they got to be. Should be number one. Going up number one after this weekend. Seven out. Um. Yep, seven seven and zero. Uh, Gonzaga, of course, was six and zero. At, at you know both undefeated teams going into it, and like I said before, the only thing with Gonzaga is uh, you never realize how tough their team is, only because they play in a horrible conference, which we all know it is what it is. So that out of conference schedule has to be tough. So I give them credit for having an actual tough schedule um, out of conference because they already played Texas. Yeah, they already played Texas. They, they played somebody they else too. They slapped Te- too. They blew Texas out. They um, slapped somebody else too. Yeah, so they actually uh, that they actually played Alabama. Um, <coughs> December four. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I got my uh, dates mixed up. Um, they played UCLA. That's who it was. And and blew out UCLA pretty pretty bad. So does that say? Does that does that give the credit to Duke? Being as Gonzaga's handled UCLA, who UCLA is, I mean, they, they're right there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Well, they were in a national championship game. That's well, no, no, I'm sorry. They got to uh, semifinals. So you figured they're right there, and uh, Gonzaga handled them. Oh, yeah. They was ranked number two. Gonzaga yeah. beat them. So they'll be dropping. Um, and Duke yeah. has to rise. So oh, yeah. Duke's going to be the number one team. They should be. <laughs> anybody, anybody with eyes. Um, and like I said, the, the way – the way Gonzaga handled UCLA, beat them by 20 points, wasn't even a game. Right. Um, the way they ran through Texas. Now, they beat them by 12 points, but the game wasn't close. It wasn't. Um, and the way Duke actually handled them, was able to beat them inside and out, uh, the way they locked up on defense. Um, now, you did have, you know, a uh, one case straight there. If I'm not mistaken, I mess up his name. If I am, you know, obviously not intentional. But um, Strother, I'm sorry, he uh, he had 20 points. He was lighting it up from three. That the boy, he's a gunner. Um, he can. Is hit. he the lead guard? No, Andrew Nephart is the lead guard. Okay. He he didn't have a good shooting game, uh-huh. but he had 11 assists. Yes. Okay. From Mount Verde, um, transfer from Florida. So he he had a good game shooting the ball. But what happens is, you know, like I said, Chet Holmgren has a skill set. He has a skill set. But what he doesn't have is the body they strength They was in the Chet's chest. Yeah, yes. They was in Chet's <laughs> chest all night long. Like the boy, like, uh, you know, I, I don't really be knowing a lot of these college kids until they actually step foot on the floor and show their face like the, the Pablo kid. Yeah, pa- Pablo Bencaro. Never heard of him. I mean, never seen him. Heard of him a couple times, but that was my first time actually seeing him play and. I don't honestly think that, and, and, and my thing is doing my research. They got Chet number one, right? 
They they have Chet number one, um, Paolo second. I don't, I don't, I I don't, I mean, I can see why, but just me, my eyes, I I would have, I would have uh, Pablo ahead of him. Yeah, and see, and and with Pablo and Carroll, it's it's easy when you actually see him play. Right. Because now um, you're able to see the difference. Not just skill set. Both both Paulo and Chet have have great skill sets. Right. Chet's about seven foot seven one. Paulo is a legit six. But Chet's a hooper though. You know, yeah, I won't put Chet, that on Chet record. Chet is a hooper. Chet yeah. can play. The issue is when you have to guard, when you have to rebound, defend. Size matters. Size matters. And you seen a couple of times, like you said, they was going through Chet's chest, and that's something where he has to put on weight but not everybody's able to put on that weight he has the skill set you've seen a few times where he drove wasn't there he did a little half spin move and then he did like the dirt fadeaway in the middle yeah. of the paint and it's smooth it's, it's fluid and it's a bucket however on the defensive end there's going to be issues because guards as as well as big men are going to body you and go through your chest yeah you know he's a shot blocker how do you how do you combat combat that you go through their chest so he got in early foul trouble. Paolo and Mark Williams, which Mark Williams, IMG product, absolutely destroyed, yeah. destroyed um, the the uh, front line of Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, because uh, I um I was watching the whole first half. Then I, I turned off and I, I didn't get back to it till pretty much the end of the game. But I thought that Duke was the aggressors. Absolutely. Like it was a lot like the the light skinned boy with the dreads from Duke. Transfer from Pittsburgh or something like that, they were saying. Uh four man, five man, real I energy about, I guy. Came off the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I about. But uh I just seen because Gonzaga is usually the team that has the big guys that usually controls the boards, that usually control the paint. But I thought from the very beginning of the game and through the whole first half that I seen that Duke, led by Pablo, like they really actually had the edge that whole first half. Like I said, I can't really judge the second half, but that first half that I seen there it it was it, it it seemed like two different tiers to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't like it was just a bad game or. They weren't prepared. It just seemed like two different tiers of talent. It's it's a difference. Um, and it's Theo John, by the way. Um, okay. Shout out Theo. Yes, sir. Um, he played like a madman. He is, and he actually developed that uh, hook over the left and right shoulder too, which he used that on the baseline once. Um, the, the difference is, is that you have an NBA ready player on the team. Right. Um, Duke system. Is a system that Jeremy Roach has been in for for a year already. And he played good too. He, he plays solid. Them guards um, play solid. They did. Wendell solid. Moore Jr., who's been in the system now, I want to say three years. He he's developed not just his body but his game into a very very serviceable player. Right. Um. Even possibly on the next level. He's he's your glue guy. He's he's that person that where if somebody's off, he can step up. 
He had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. He was consistent all That's game That's consistent. Long, all and the, the great part about that is, honestly, I think the game might have been a little bit worse than what it was. Right. It ended up being a three-point game, which doesn't look bad. But if you watch the game, you it, can tell the, the difference. The score don't tell the story. But Bancaro, which is the second time, which it's not a red flag at all. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely not a red flag. Right. But it's something that Duke has to get a, a handle on, figure out why. Um, Bancaro was out pretty much the whole entire second half because of cramps. That, so, you said the, the, the pa- prospect. Pa- yeah, okay. pa- Paolo was that's, out the whole entire second half. That's what threw me off because he had 20 in the first half. No, he had 20 in the first half. His only with, bucket was a free throw in the second half. Right. He was out pretty much the whole second half, had to go back, get an IV, um, cramping again. Right. It actually happened in the Kentucky game, first game of the season, which you could kind of understand that because right. first game, jitters, big game. Right. And, you know, it's been a while since you actually played. So that's understandable. Now... You know, five, Eight six games, games in, just, yeah. and you're cramping again. So, Duke was actually lucky to escape with that win because second half, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren was out in the first half, right. not having a good game in foul trouble. Look, they came back, had 16 and 17. Good. You know, Chet had, a, probably, I think, about four or five blocks, uh, seven rebounds. Now, he yeah, got he, about he, four or five blocks, he, he yeah. got a rebound and he got a two points at, with like a second left on the clock, but you know whatever. The second half he was much more effective than he was the first half. Right. You know, so Duke was lucky to escape with the win. But if Ben Carroll had been in that whole game, they probably would have beat him by fifteen. They probably would have won by a lot more. Yeah. So it's just like you said, two different tiers, um, and and I think Ben Carroll proved why. He is by far head and shoulders ahead of anybody else. Right. Because I haven't really heard or seen or no other players really caught my eye to the point of what Pablo just did the other night. And the thing was, he could have missed them three-pointers. And I still would have the same evaluation on him just because of the way he carries himself. You know what I'm saying? Like... He carries himself in a way that he's, you know what I'm saying, it looks like, okay, I'm confident because I put in my work or I'm just a dog. But either way, no matter what, he looked like he was NBA ready. Well, he looked like he was NBA ready. And what's special about him is that you didn't even get to see the post work. Right. He has amazing footwork on the block. Amazing footwork on the block. He showed it the first game against Kentucky, but he has amazing footwork. So he can really be a mismatch. On all levels. If mm-hmm. you put a big guy against him, he can take him outside, handle the ball, beat him with a first step, crossover, shoot over him. You put a smaller guy, he can take him on a block and abuse him. Um, there's, just, there's just no real holes in his game other than, like I said, he's starting to cramp and stuff like that. So just getting that under control. Um, he got that T-Mac in him. He, yo, he, but he's special. He's, yes. he's, he's a special player. Um if you ever want to say I can't miss, you can't miss with this kid. You can't. I you just know. hope he don't go to Detroit, man. <laughs> that's look. That's probably where he's gonna go. But I hope he does not go to Detroit, dog. Hey, man, him and Isaiah Stewart down there. Look, he got his enforcer, but yeah. uh, it's just special, man. And look, his, look. The the ironic thing is, his mom is actually. She played basketball, but his mom is actually a, a head coach, a female head coach mm-hmm. uh, for women's basketball. So that's why he has the fundamentals that he has. Gotcha. Because when it comes to women's basketball, that's obviously really what they, teach. they may not have the the athleticism, so they actually has to have have to have more details. You know, you can't cover it up with that athleticism. Nah, you have so to play. That's the great part about his game. 
Yeah, like I said, uh, after last night's game, it, it just to me, you know, I mean, just two brothers in Sussex County, but at the end of the day, I think they need to redo that list. I just feel like that they have to to get it right because and, – and, like, go back to it, not a knock on Chet because I think Chet is a hooper. I think he's a dog. I think that uh, – Yeah, he can play. He can protect the rim. You know, he yeah, has he good instincts. You know, he has yeah. good timing. But he must get in the gym. And I just think the offensive skill of Pablo and his size just puts him so far ahead of him. But uh, definitely uh, moving on, though, uh, the shocker, Iona, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah shout-out AJ English, Delaware product, oh, yeah. man. Definitely yeah. putting his work at Iona College. Oh, yeah, ended up getting drafted by the Warriors, I want to say. Yeah, he definitely did um, get drafted. So, yeah, Iona. So, so Iona... <laughs> The, the the great thing about Iona that a lot of people may not realize is that head coach is actually Rick Pitino. Um, so we all know the scandal that happened, you know, over at Louisville. But, you know, Rick, uh, Rick Pitino, Coach Pitino, went over overseas, coached a little bit. I want to say he won a championship over there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's head coach over at Iona now. And uh, they had a big win. Yeah, because they beat uh, Alabama. Top 10. Top 10. Top 10 yeah. Um, That's a huge win for that program. And, uh, you know, Rick Bettino, legend. Everybody knows Rick Louisville days and running it up and his, his success there. But for him to go, come back and take a, a low well, major, well, mid-major. Well, yeah, well, mid-major. yeah mid- mid-major. But how he left, um, he had to go overseas and coach. Um, for hopes of coaching in the NCAA again, because uh, that was definitely a black eye for college basketball, and, and you know he, all the great things he did for Louisville and uh, was the yum 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 center over there. Um, mm-hmm. All the great things he he had done for Louisville. I mean, with that type of scandal, it is what it is. So he he did the work that he had to do um, to you know get his name back in good graces. He's taken out an Iona team, and look, they beat Alabama. Um, Alabama's a top ten team. Got some tough players on there. Uh JD Davidson's coming off the bench. Uh that's like freshman. You got Javon Quinterly at the point guard spot. You know, one a jelly fan back in the day. Um it's 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 a great win. It's, it's a, a great huge program win. win. Definitely. Um, I think they're sitting about six and one right now. Yeah, they, something well, like that. They just we, lost last night, I think. Yeah, the Belmont, you know, you had a letdown game. Uh if I'm not mistaken, I wanna say that's the uh school that uh Drew Hanlon went to the uh, Belmont or Iona. Belmont. Okay. Um, the the trainer for all your top NBA NBA guys. Uh, I want to say the that's one that I, owns uh, was it uh, Flight Pure Sweat Pure Sweat uh, okay. basketball. Um, but so Rick Pitino. Um, hey, hey, Iona. Obviously, they got a they got a tough one against Alabama, but. They actually play Kansas tomorrow at 1 o'clock, so we'll see how that goes. We know Kansas has some great players on their team, um, number four ranked Kansas. So, mm. uh, that would be a, a tough he, that, that would have to get him in the top 25. <laughs> would that win over Kansas? Well, the top 10 win over Alabama might, but over Kansas, look, that, that's a program defining win. You know what I'm saying? Like Over a team like Kansas to build self? Come on now, that's a, that's, a, that's a great foundation to build off. Like You already got the Alabama win underneath your belt, so... And Iona, they're definitely coming up. Like you hear, I hear that name a lot more over the last couple of years. Like, what conference are they in? Exactly. Uh, not sure. I think 
I think uh, they're Mid Atlantic Conference. I want to say. Whatever. I, I want to uh, say. I, I don't think they're conference. in UD's conference. No, no, Metro. I'm sorry, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Okay. Um, but it, it's it's one of the things to where you just. You, you get your kids, you recruit. You know, I think it's his second or third year as a coach over there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say he was at Louisville. Uh, and actually, you know, he, he obviously has a coaching tree, but his assistant coach from Louisville, uh, Kenny Johnson, who's actually coached at National Christian over in uh, D.C., who has a, a top team in the country. Um, I want to say they are top 25 over there. If they're not, they will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but National Christian is actually coming to Delaware or stand up to the beach or hoop hall east. Okay. Um. So definitely check out them. But Kenny Johnson, who, who's a he's a good coach in his own right. Don't get me wrong. Definitely something. Uh, another another incentive to go check out that. Uh, you said hoop, it was hoop hall classic, right? Yeah, well, it was hoop hall, hoop hall east. east. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Definitely another incentive to go check out that hoop hall east this year at uh, Cape Henlopen High School. You know, uh, just another powerhouse uh, or, or well respected uh, high school coming down. To the area to show off their skill set, you know, like uh, we was talking about on last show, uh, they definitely trying to put the prestige back around that. So, y'all definitely go check it out, man. That's another confirmation of a good program coming out to uh, showcase their talents, man. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it myself. But uh, uh, we was moving on, but yeah, once again, shout out Rick Patino, uh, shout out Iona, small school, definitely, um. Mainly, I was hype about it because AJ English went there, and I know he's a Delaware product. You know, bumped into him a couple of times out here, street balls here and there. But uh, definitely wanted to uh, put guys on notice about that as well. So they're going to be playing uh, West Town, and West Town's legit. Yep, December twenty ninth, last game eight o'clock at uh, Prime time. Sand Duck to the beach, um, and they got the number two prospect in the country, Derek Lively, on West Town. So he's a seven footer. Uh, actually, real familiar, uh, similar to uh, Chet. You know, seven footer, a little bit bigger body, but he can step outside. Uh, not as skilled ball handling wise, but he's definitely a player, and he's definitely one of one of people that you want to pay to watch. So that that should be a great game in and of itself. Uh, so that I mean, like I said, that that whole Ionia thing, that's a. Uh, that that's that's a great great win for them. Definitely, but definitely not everything that we had going on in college basketball. Oh yeah, moving on, moving on. Definitely, uh, definitely got to touch up on too. Uh, we got to give the, the ladies some loves too, cause uh, you know, not just if you're a hooper, but anybody that plays sports and especially hoopers, you know, like to be good and above average and being part of that that class, you got to put in work. So I don't think we give enough. Sp- Acknowledgement and, and and appreciation to the female hoopers. So we're definitely gonna keep y'all in the mix of what's going on in college, uh, college basketball for females, as well as some WNBA here and there as well. So uh, today, Tyler, you say you want to run on to well, South Carolina uh, played. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Kentucky, but UConn. So okay. one versus three uh, this past Monday, which obviously it's a big matchup. You know, South Carolina. Uh, Dawn Staley over there Obviously she's a legend in her own right mm-hmm. uh, Just hooping let alone coaching Which I, she, she's gotten her, her South Carolina team To number one in the country And I think I seen something that said She was actually playing in the WNBA And coaching 
college at the same time? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Man, I, I, I'm not. I'm was. not a hundred percent sure, but I'm almost positive. We can stat check that. Somebody can stat check that too as well. But I'm pretty sure she was. But either way, she's a legend in her own right without coaching. And to get a South Carolina program to those heights, when you have the Tennessees and the Yukons and you know, uh, the Pat Summit. exactly. You know? So. Definitely shout out Dawn Stanley, baby. Keep doing your job. Yeah, that was a they handled UConn as well. Sixteen, yeah, they, they won by sixteen. Uh, Seventy-three, fifty-seven. It was a tight game for most of it. Uh, towards the end, they put the clamps on them. You know, they put the clamps on them. And look, they're they're a tough team. The number one for a reason. Obviously, we know uh, Coach Gino is going to have some of the better uh, players uh, in the country, but. Hey, they poured it out. You know, Paige, Paige uh, Buckers ended up with 19. She go to UConn, uh, right? Yeah, go to, go to UConn. It's her second year, sophomore year. Um, she's somebody that I would definitely love to see in a program. Uh, Zia Cook had 17. Aaliyah Boston had 22. Uh, Destiny Henderson had 15 for South Carolina. Look, these, these ladies are out here hooping. Yeah. And, you know, we just got to show them some love, man, because they don't get enough love. I think it's... Uh, a lot of stuff that people don't know when it comes to the women's game. Uh, something that I think is is a horrible indictment on basketball as a whole is that they actually have to stay in school for three years, just like football players yeah. have to. I remember you told me that. I, could, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, actually, I, I'm not going to say I couldn't believe it, but I, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know they had to stay in school for three years. So, uh yeah, that's definitely something that uh, because my thing is, I think we need to grow the female game. So Absolutely. To have your best players sitting in college for three years of their prime, that doesn't do too much good for the game. You know, like we was talking, making points. We was talking like, you figure three years in college, you talking about a twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old young lady. A lot of a lot of women might be looking to have a family at that point in time. Yeah. Basketball might fall to the side. So yeah. just think if Paige, she's a freshman this year, right? Uh, second year. Second, second year sophomore. sophomore. So say if uh, next year she decides she wants to start a family and slows down, we'll never see her. I mean, there's a possibility that we couldn't we couldn't see her on that level. Yeah, because it's, it's tough. It's in that tough. setting. It's tough because, you know, Obviously, when it comes to that, women in careers, just as a whole, you know, uh, landscape-wise, they have to make certain sacrifices that we as men don't necessarily have to make when it comes to, you know, playing basketball. We can hoop and have a kid at the same time. Right. You know, it's very hard to, to play ball and be pregnant, you know, obviously, because it's self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have to show them love and respect. But at the same time, like you said, by them having to stay in in college for three years, that could be a whole nother contract. Whole nother contract. You know, they that could be a, another contract that they're missing out on, you know, because, you know, they have to stay in school for it for, you know, two more years, more than what the boys have to. Um, which that's not a, a collegiate rule, that's a WNBA rule. Right. So that's something that I I I believe will help grow the game. Will make their game more exciting because you get younger. Um, but you'll have a mix of young, younger women who can also play at a very high level mixed in with, you know, some vets some like vets. Sue Bird, yeah. who has been in the league and obviously she's made her mark. She's a legend. She's going to be a hall of famer, but you need 
to get rid of that that rule. You just have to. Because then, and, and, and even still, I just thought about that perspective. What if Sue Bird retires next year? She'll never even get a chance to drop them jewels off on Paige. I really feel like Paige is the next one. I think, I look at her like the Allen Iverson. Like, she could come up and really add some flair and some swag and some confidence. And her game is real sporadic and loud, man. I just look at her as the, as the one to break that AI mode in the WNBA because I haven't really – we haven't had that, that, that breakthrough. I haven't seen anybody change the female game, what, speed you, it up, yeah, or yeah, the small uh, player that's, that dominates because just like with the NBA, the big man dominated for years, Yeah, you know, and then it switched. And, uh, you know, I just feel like um, certain players have the power to be able to shift things like that, you know, and um, – I think that's a that's a huge thing. Like that three years plays a huge part. Like I never I never knew that until you just dropped game and off on me. Honestly, I I learned it probably about last year, and you know I kind of been on my soapbox for you know trying to trying to just get that change, man. It's it's not a you can't justify that. No, nah, you, you can't. can't justify that. If if the boys players can go and play at the year, you know one and done rule which the NBA imposed, um, the women should be able to do the same thing. It's, it's, there's no justifiable reason. I understand with football, you know, you have 18-year-olds and you, then you have 30-year-olds who are full-fledged men. Mm-hmm. I understand that. That's not the case, man. Let, and, let the women play. And uh, something else we was talking about, too. Uh, the top players in college, they usually always go to the league and just hit the ground running. It's not like, yeah. they, you know, in the in the men's game, it's like, that sophomore slump is real. A lot of rookies don't get adjusted to the speed. Well, just look at the, Tyler Hero. He you, had a sophomore slump. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times in the WNBA, when these girls finally do get a chance to showcase their talent in the in the in, in the WNBA, they it's not like they have like a huge letdown or like oh it takes it takes them a whole year to the the to pick up where they left off in college. Uh, Sabrina Hinescu, who uh, was getting triple doubles in college and all that, she had a great year for the Liberty. Um, That's Kobe's girl, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she had a great year. You know, you look at Elena Deladon. Shout out to her, three hundred two. Yes, sir. She came in MVP. She won. You know, Brianna Stewart, great player. You know. Donna Tarazi, we know who she was at UConn. She was the same player yeah, she when was. she went into the league. Candace Parker, we know she just won a championship. We know who she was when she was in college, Tennessee. Great Everybody, women, great yeah. women basketball players are going to be great. So stop holding them back, holding them back, <laughs> and let them be great. Yeah, that 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 didn't that left a bad taste in my mouth because uh, I don't feel like that should be a rule for him. I feel like uh, right after high school. If they want to do the one and done, or if they want to go straight, you know what I'm saying. I just feel like that three years, it's a that's a lot on our ladies to hold themselves back, and not even hold themselves back, but lose three years at our basketball prime. Yeah, if you're going college. pro, you're going pro. Like, I just think it's wrong, and uh, I have my full support. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I'll get off my soapbox now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we could talk all day about it. You know, we we had a long conversation off air about it, and I'm uh. I'm pretty sure to come back around somewhere on this channel, but I definitely will. Uh, shout out to the ladies once again. We're gonna do our part into 
making your get you guys game stick out more than what it already is and to try to do our little part about helping it grow. You never know. Somebody ten people might start watching WNBA from listening to our show. You never know. So Absolutely. Support, support, support. Definitely, man. So uh anything else you want to wrap up in in college, bro? I think we hit a couple main points. It's, it's still fresh. We haven't had too many you know, like you got a couple freshmen, this, that, and the third. I, I, I wanted to settle in a little bit more before I dive into it on my take. But uh, I'm pretty sure. I think was there anything nah. else we wrapped up on? No, nah, college is good, man. Let's let's uh move to these pros, man. Yes, What's going um, on over there, man. Listen, I tell you what, it's a crapshoot in both conferences, though. I think what I think you told me the other day was like six games, uh, separating the top and the bottom, like. Literally, like one through twelve is what six games, seven games. And the Eastern Conference, one through twelve, is five and a half games, and that depends on how Brooklyn does tonight. Because I tell you what, we're watching them right now. They're down ten. They were just down twenty. The the Suns are on a uh, fifteen game win streak. Yeah, and that that league may uh, may be shrinking after tonight. But uh, yeah, the conferences are very very close, very competitive. Um, it's it's a great it's a great game to watch. You can go in a, in a bad week. You can go from first or second to eighth or ninth. If you have a bad week, a bad week could kill you. And it's in me from the aspect of of just you know just watching and keeping track of everything. Oh, give me that! It's all over the place this year, man. It is everybody's beating everybody. Uh, I mean, of course, you got like we talked about the Wizards are the I mean the Warriors are the Warriors. Uh, the Suns snuck up on me. I didn't realize they was on a fourteen game winning streak. Yeah. When we had the show last week, they was probably sitting at about eight or nine, and I still didn't realize it because they they, they was under the radar. It's just being consistent. Um, you know they they got off to a rocky start, but you got Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Paul is probably the best point guard when it comes to leadership ever. I mean, name me a better point guard that was a leader. Magic? Okay, I can concede that. Who else? J. Kidd. I don't think J. Kidd... I don't think J. Kidd he wasn't, was with yeah. the teams and turned them around at the rate that Chris Paul has. Well, um, we didn't have a big sample size neither, though, because you figured the Nets was, was poo-poo. And then, then he took him to the finals. Yep. Then uh, you figure Dirk gets over the hump, even though it was J. Kidd at the end of his career. He was a role player. You know what I'm saying? At his career. So, Phoenix Suns, J. Kidd, he, uh, he wasn't leading like that. No, nah, he wasn't. He you wasn't. Know? He wasn't. And, I, and, and from that aspect, CP has led from day one because when he was carrying that New Orleans uh, franchise. Once again, his two was David West. Yeah. And Mecca Okafor and Peja and uh, Tyson Chandler, Rasheed Butler, yeah, yeah. You know they they did. Uh, what was that little guard's name? Ah, uh, he. Was, I like this game too. Either way, but you know he didn't. They didn't have as much as as he like he produced at a high level that year. He took them to the yeah. To he he turned the team around and like I said, not and not throwing shade at David West, but you know Xavier product. He he was the two man, yeah, and uh, he, he was the two man. So you gotta look at it, man. Chris Paul has turned around a lot of teams. Clippers, 
Yeah, yeah. Of course, the Clippers. You know, and the Clippers were the Clippers. Yes, they were. <laughs> so for him to turn it, turn him around. Look, everywhere he's gone, including the Thunder. The Thunder weren't supposed to be and a playoff team. He got him at the six seed. They weren't supposed to be a playoff team. No, they was not. It was the same exact roster, but you take off Chris Paul, and they're like the worst team in the league. Yes, they are. Chris Paul goes to the Suns, and all of a sudden, they get to the finals. Yeah, because even though like the Suns had that, that, that little... Eight game run in the bubble, they didn't. They, it's not, you know, they had an eight game run. I don't even really count. The bubble wasn't even really nothing that I really got excited over. That was more about the money than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't about the who. It wasn't a pure, it wasn't pure basketball. But, you know, that's a whole nother topic. But back to Chris Paul and, and watering his flowers. Hell of a leader, bro. Definitely. Hell you of know, a leader. He, he, he's about to be the leader. For games with ten assists, with no turnovers. That's been, Think been about that. As someone who dominates the ball and orchestrates the offense, offense how he does, he's about to be the all-time leader. Yeah. For games with ten assists and no turnovers. I've been. It's people who can't even do that and don't handle the ball half as much as him. When it comes to leadership. And let's not forget the Rockets, who were about to beat the Warriors until he pulled his hamstring. Yeah, until the hamstring came out. And then Rockets Damn, fell Chris, apart. been all over the place, too, boy, man. But he's been winning all over the place, too. Yes. So, and that, and this is the thing. How great is Golden State? How great is the Phoenix Suns right now? How great are they playing? Golden State 17-2. and two. Phoenix Suns have won 15 straight, and they're still a game behind. So that shows you how good the Warriors been. The Warriors been great since day one. Phoenix, hey, they ramped it up, and guess what? It's going. It's yeah, going. It's 15 games. And fi- mean, a 15 game win streak ain't no that, joke. No, it's not. That, you don't, You can't sneeze at that, you know? So, I mean, we was having a conversation the other day. We were saying, uh, we got the Warriors, you got the Suns, and you have. The Jazz is third. The Jazz. You know, they're always, they're, the last three or four years, they all, they've always been towards the top, but it's just never clicked. For whatever reason, and they just lost just to never the, uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, last which is night. which is a horrible loss. It now, granted, the Pelicans have some wins they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> but they they won. You know, as five, a top team, five, that's a team you don't want to drop one to. Well, because they're they're five and sixteen team. Yeah, they're a five and sixteen team <laughs> without their best player. <laughs> without Zion, but they're on a two game win streak. As ironic as it is, but. You know, it's just one of the things to where you shouldn't lose that game. Nah. Um, so yeah, it is what it is, but I, I don't I don't see I can see the Warriors and Suns being up top. Yeah. Jazz is you know Jazz, they're probably gonna be there, but just historically, you know, they fall apart in the playoffs, so how how good can they actually be? Right. Um, so who could you see getting that fourth seed? Man, it's wide open, bro. Like, do you see the Lakers creeping up and somehow fixing it? Uh, a team like Minnesota, who's been winning as of late and and are actually respectable right now. Um, right now, they are That's in overtime. That's a man. They're, they're in overtime with uh, the Sixers right now. Uh, do they take that jump, though, bro? That's a huge jump. It's a huge jump to take, but I think what's helped them is Patrick Beverly being inserted into the starting lineup. And kind of instilling some toughness that I don't think they really had, to be honest with you. Um, 
I don't think Cat is a is the best representation of that, even though he's a highly skilled big man. He's I, not that enforcer type though. He he's not. Um so I, I think Patrick Beverly kinda instills some toughness, some character and attitude that you need, some of that edge, uh, to go along with the skill sets of the Anthony Edwards, the current Anthony Towns, the D'Angelo Russells, um, who who is just a question, like can they lead you to the playoffs? I think that and my take is I kind of see the West sitting exactly how it is now. With a little shake up here and there. So we got the Warriors at one. We got the Suns at two. We got the Jazz at three. And see, the four spot, I feel like it could be any of these next three teams. Mavericks, Clippers, Blazers. That's that's how I feel. Yes. Now, now question. So if Minnesota continues to win, once again, they're all close. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So from three... To the tenth seed is only three games. So from three to the tenth seed, once again, if you have a you bad week, week. You if you, if you have a, week. a bad week, and you know Joker's been out, they're on a six-game losing streak. Strong six-game losing streak. So you figured it was nine and four at one point. At one point, they were probably up in the, the three or fourth seed. A bad week or two, and hey, you're almost out of the playing games. Man, Sacramento just beat L.A. And they're holding on by a thread to try to stay relevant in the race. They're a game and a half out of uh, out of the last spot, which is Lakers, Grizzlies, Nuggets, T Wolves. Okay, so let's let's even do that. We got Lakers, Grizzlies, Nuggets, T Wolves, and Kings. And that is one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two. So there's two spots for them five teams. So who's the three that don't make it? Exactly. I mean, I think, I think, and that the ironic thing is, is that one team isn't going to make it because I don't think Oklahoma City Thunder is going to make it. I don't no. think the Spurs are going to make it. Nah. I don't see the Pelicans with nah. or without Zion is, is going to make it a huge splash. The Rockets are the Rockets, so yeah, somebody's going to be stuck in that eleven seed. So, so it's going to be a, a decent team is going to be stuck in that eleven seed. Who? Is, what is, is it? It's, it's the top ten. The, the bottom four play each other, right? Uh, you get so the play seven, in eight, uh, eight, ten nine. plays seven, nine plays eight, and then the winner of that plays. You know, high rate. Okay, so we have Lakers, Lakers, Wolves, Grizzlies, Nuggets. That would be the fights right now. And and to be honest with you, as of right now, it's not a good matchup for the Lakers. It's not because until we address a lot of things. You know, so, uh, and we might as well go straight into it. Like, uh, we, uh, the last show we had, we were talking about uh, how our Lakers can get back on path and turn the corner and, and actually string together a little win streak. And, uh, excuse me, win streak. We even dove into their records. I mean, to their schedule. We've seen they played the Pistons twice. They played the Pacers. And I think it was the Kings that they played twice. They played Kings twice. And it said it's not going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. and The uh, Kings have been playing good basketball. And and we beat the – LeBron got uh, suspended for the elbow. Yeah, he got suspended. They ended up coming back on that game. They were down and like they, 17 to the Pistons. To the to the Pistons. AD had to come save us. AD and Russ had a had a great game, good game. They, you know, they played, you know, whatever. And they came back and they beat the Pistons. Okay, cool. It once again, is that a red flag? Of course it is. You were down seventeen with LeBron against the Pistons, who by all metrics 
are not a very good team. Let's be real. They're the 14th seed. They got four wins. Mm. And that is nothing. That is nothing at all, bro. And, and it's it's one thing, yeah, you know, teams are going to have, you know, bad games. Yeah. But you can't have a bad game every game. Nah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, if the team, you, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. At the end of the day, you can't have them losses to that 12 seed hanging over your head and you're sitting in the in the seventh seed, sixth seed, shit, even fifth seed because, like you said, two losses in a three-game week And you're dropping you. two or three spots. It's going to kill you. So, so th- this is the thing about, like, at this part of the season, it's really all about injuries. Because well, I feel this like. But it's still early. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because everybody besides Houston, Detroit, uh, Orlando. Orlando, and uh, who else? The Thunder, which is. The, the Thunder got six wins somehow. But, the, but the, the Thunder, they will. They will play. They'll play hard. But them first three, four teams we, we mentioned. Every other team still feels like they can make the play-in game at yes. minimum. Yes. So, no matter who you are, a lot of these teams are still looking at you as food. Because even the Pelicans are saying once Zion comes back. They're not going to take the season. You know what I'm saying? You so, know, once Zion comes back, we're going to have a chance. Which, in reality, they they're only four games out. But, uh, just just for our conversation, they don't have enough. Well, well, then this is the thing. How much of a difference does Zion make, and can Zion last the season? I don't think scoring is their problem. I think that their roster is their problem. I, I, I like I like Walker. Well, well, see, this is the thing. I agree, but at the same time, they did pick up Devontae Graham. And I like Devontae. I like Devontae. I like Devontae. He had to go from Charlotte because I felt Terry was the better pick. Well, he just wasn't going to get the burn. Like, b- b- it came down to him and Terry because they yeah. was playing Gordon. Ball has to touch the floor. There's really only one spot left for yeah. a 25-minute yeah, no. guard. And, and, you know? and, and he, he – this is the thing. Does he want to play for a team that's contending and he has to come off the bench? Or does he want to play, maybe not win as much, but, but he can play. And, and, yeah. and get paid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Which so, I, I respect that. Hey, man, you know? get your money. Yeah, Get definitely. your money. Um, and he is a good player. He turned into a very good shooter out of Kansas. Um, so he, he He's actually the one that didn't mean to cut you off just last night. <laughs> he sent the Jazz ass home. Yeah, they, beat, they winner, beat the Jazz. Yes, they did. They beat the Jazz on his game-winning three off the wing. Yes, indeed. So he's still doing the same thing he did in Charlotte, in Charlotte now. So... And I like I like Nikhil Walker Alexander. That's his name. Yes, I yes, like yes. I like him. He's, he's actually good. a Shea Gilders Alexander cousin. Yeah, it, they one on one buckets. Uh, he's not to the degree. Uh, I don't know. He's 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 a little he's, he's guilty. Tough. Yeah, he's, he's tough. tough he's a tough player. He's I like Shea though. I got yeah. I, I have a high bar for Shea, but uh, yeah, I like Alexandra. I like Hart. I like Ingram. I like. Uh, That's uh, what I'm saying. And you throw Devontae. Zion in that mix, and don't forget they got a Valchus. big man. Valchus. Yeah, he been balling this year too. So, but he always does that. Yeah, he always. But I does mean, that. he's hooping, so, hooping now. Though. But like, but you put him next to Zion, and Valchus can't stretch the floor. That's why I say he's been hooping. That- so so if you th- if you think about it, they're only four games out right now. We know the Nuggets are probably going to drop. Hopefully, when they get back, uh, Murray. They can actually make some, make some, uh, make some catch up, and, and and actually take advantage of not just having Joker as the only facilitator on our offense. But yeah, because he is the only one. Yeah, but the issue is, you just have to wonder 
who, if one or maybe two, don't forget, John Morant just went out with a knee sprain. So if he's out for too long, we know Memphis goes as Ja goes. You know, he's been playing great. Obviously, all-star level player right now. If Memphis drops three or four games, they're going to be out to play in. And Ja is hurt. Like he just sprained his knee. Yes, he did. He just sprained yes, his did. knee. So you got Memphis and Denver who don't have their star players right now and could drop a, a couple games. A couple games is going to get you the 11, 12, 13 seed. A couple games is going to let the Timberwolves be the one sliding into that 7th seed. The 7th seed, look, Timberwolves is one game out from the 6th seed. Yeah. Well, I'm saying throughout the course of the season, I see the Timberwolves settle. But, look at that. And Anthony Edwards is having a... And B come back off of COVID with 35. 35. 35 and 12. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and that's the West. Let's... Uh, and we'll, Wrap it up. Let's get back into the Eastern Conference. Cause we, that, we oh, oh no, Conference. we gotta talk about the Lakers real quick. Oh, uh, we can't let them. We can't I, let them off. Look, forget, forget the Eastern Conference. Not to say forget them, but look, last week, yeah, I said, and I meant that the Lakers are not a good, a good team. Um, they're not efficient. You don't have the defensive players that you need to put actually ball on the pr- uh, pressure on the ball, but also. I said right here, hey, they may they may lose to the Kings. The Kings have been playing tough. They went to three overtimes against the Kings. Against three, the Kings. Three overtime against the Kings without Harrison Barnes. And the Kings have been struggling. They just fired Luke Walton. Fired Luke Walton last week, Monday after the podcast. Luke ain't a head coach in this league neither, though, bro. And, me, and it, it was a wonder how he got the Lakers job. And that then he went. He, he went straight. He went straight from the Lakers to the Kings. It happened, but the most important thing is they're on a two-game win streak. They beat the Lakers in three overtimes without Harrison Barnes, and you see what happens when you don't get the heroics. So you had LeBron going crazy against the Pacers, mm-hmm. and that's how we won, right? You know, he he hit the shots. LeBron hit the shots. The problem, your problem, isn't going to be LeBron. But I told you too. We had this conversation. You you feel the same way, and I know where you're going with this. But if we're relying on Bron to give us the drop forty every and night, hit them step back threes every night to win a chip, because that was only the Pacers. Look, we we just passed Thanksgiving. That's a losing man. recipe. I'm just saying. That's a I'm losing a Lakers recipe. fan. I love. I'm a purist. I love LeBron James' game. But what I'm saying is that's not his instinct. So you're asking a player whose instincts aren't aligned with that to be that in order for us to win a chip I'm just not I don't like but not even just to I don't be like that, that recipe. but to be that at 37 year what 18 19 in the league and then you know you know we play basketball it when you go to overtime and you lose you're a little bit more tired Yes, you are. You know, you, 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 you yes, look you retired are. than you yes, would you be are. if you won. Yes, you are. So going to three overtimes, they played 50 minutes. Mm. 50 minutes and lost. Mm. That hurts. That that's You know. That hurts. Because you figure you're exhausted. After you're exhausting all that energy because you want to win that game. Yeah, Once you yeah. go to the first overtime, you want to win that game. So, you know, I, I just see... 
I mean, I just see red flags. It has nothing to do with LeBron. It has nothing to do with AD. It has nothing to do with nobody. It's just I don't like the collection of talent together. Yeah. Together. It doesn't really make... What direction are we going? Look, man, you, you don't put raisins and, and grapes and potatoes out. No, you don't. And if you do, you're nasty. And you're nasty. And and right now, it's a nasty combination. Yes, it is. It doesn't sit well. It's not good on the palate. And, you know, you got to make some changes. I see a lot of people blaming Vogel. Look, Vogel's not out there playing. All right, you got four or five Hall of Famers on the court. Four, four or five Hall of Famers on the court. But you're blaming the coach. And my thing is, as a hooper, they got to figure that stuff out. They got to figure it out. They have to figure that stuff out because the coach, and my thing is, the coach isn't out there to know a lot of field that's going on. And as a hooper, you know where you want the ball. You know, okay, if he's going to dominate this area, I can settle for this area. I like doing this like... You have to figure it out at some point in time as a hooper because that that that's what your instincts are about, figuring it out and understanding how can I be effective on the court with other personalities, other skill sets, other games. Like, I mean, I, that's just how I feel. They tied it up. Minnesota tied it up. Um, so, I, 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 I don't. I don't like the combination, and I, I, the irony is it wasn't Westbrook's fault this past time either. No. Uh, he actually played a solid game, uh, efficient, not a lot of turnovers. LeBron had about seven, but, hey, you, you play, what, seven quarters of basketball. Um, but it's just it's, it's not a good combination, and they're going to have to make some changes. I think uh, December 5th, if I'm not mistaken, maybe maybe yeah, a little bit later, that, yeah. is when they can start looking at some uh, players who got traded and you know try to make some trades. And Look, this team is not... Is not ready to win, um, and you know everybody's going to say, "Oh, it's early, it's early, it's early." But guess what? We don't have time on our side because we got age on our side. That's <laughs> we pick, we picked age over time. We, it, it, see, that's my thing about. I want to drop this quick point off before we move on to the Eastern Conference. To wrap it up. Uh, that's the thing with all bronze teams, though, and I knew it was going to happen. As a Lakers fan, once we got rid of all that young talent. We was going to get all these old players. And when Bron's either not in the lineup or once he leaves, we're going to be stuck with all these pedestrians. We're going to be stuck with all these old heads that can't create their own shot, that can only catch and shoot. You know what I'm saying? But we're not going to have anything to drive it because the driver is going to be too old or pretty much he's going to be done. So I didn't like the formula. I didn't like the recipe at, from the beginning. I love the players all individually. I don't like them all together. Yeah. At the bottom line, I just don't like them all together. And and we can go to the Western Conference Finals. We can go to the finals. I'm still gonna feel the way that I feel. I don't think that that is the direction to go with that collective group based off of skill sets. So wrap that little section up. Let's uh finish up talking about the Eastern Conference. Uh. Wizards been on a hell of a skid lately. They lost. Uh, they beat the Thunder last night, but they were they lost three in a row, four out of five, something crazy like that. They they well, yeah. I mean, their last ten are six and four. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's always good to get back on track with the Thunder or Rockets team, which and the Rockets have been playing a little bit a little bit tougher. Um, but you know, the Wizards. 
I, I still think they're they're built. Uh, if they're going to go out, they're going to be a, a very tough out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like the combination. You got Bradley Bill. You know, I I, I like it. Um, like like we said, they're they're a very tough conference over there. Um, just like the West, look, basketball is exciting this year. Uh, I got League Pass. I got every sports channel you can think about when it comes to basketball, just because. Hey, I got I got to watch it. I got to see it. So, mm-hmm. look, Chicago, they're they're in the second seed, but guess what? They lose tonight to uh, Miami. That they'll be tied up, or they'll be actually be behind um, a, a half a game. So, and I think they probably will lose to Miami. They're on a back to back. They played uh, Orlando. They smashed Orlando though. It wasn't really even half of a game. But yeah, but you know, down in Miami. <laughs> it's hard. The away teams have trouble Look, when they get to South Beach. Man. I'm sure it's about 30, 30 degrees over in Chicago right now. So going down to Miami it ain't a bad idea. It ain't man, might be some late nights going on. Yeah, so I I think uh, I think both conferences are are interesting. I think they're tight. I think that uh, there's limited room for error for everybody. Yeah. But that Eastern Conference is, is, is going to be really tough. Well, you got a team like the Bucks, who's on a six-game win streak. The Hawks is on a seven-game win streak. They played the Knicks tonight, who's on a one-game losing streak, who was once upon a time the second seed, and the now they East. dropped down to the eighth. So, well, you know, this is by the time that Tim starts tiring his guys out. You know, he he wants to practice and practice hard, and. He only ha- he has his playoff rotation during the regular season, eight nine yeah. men. So you're gonna wear teams out like that, your own team. Yeah. And the problem is, look, man, basketball you you need your legs. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, I you know that's another red flag when it comes to the Knicks and just coaching. Yeah, man. So we'll see what it uh, what it'll do. And that's almost the hour, man. Well, folks, ah, time is running short for the guys, man. Uh, once again, we thank y'all for supporting. Thank y'all for coming out, man. Uh, me and Talon definitely are, are are trying to put together something good for you guys, man. And we're gonna stay consistent. So be looking out for us every week. Uh, uh, fan questions. If anybody wants to reach out, come through, bust it up with us. Just reach out to us. We'll let you know if you if you're the right one for the show. You know, we're, we're straight men, straight up men. No, you know what I'm saying? Straight up, no chaser. Straight up, no is. chaser, man. So, once again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, anything you want to say, bro, before we dip? Nah, man, it's just like I said, basketball is exciting this year, man. I can't wait. You know, game's on now. And I'm sitting here trying to watch scores and, you know, we kind of yeah, get a little distracted. Because, <laughs> you know, you got an overtime game and tied it up, you know. So... Sun's busting up on the nets right now. It's getting crazy double, out here, man. Double overtime in Philly. They tied it. The they Sixers tied it up. One thirteen, one thirteen, bro. It's, it's there. So, hey, man, look. If you ain't got league pass, you might want to invest in it. Um, look, man. man basketball's back. Basketball's back. You know. Thank y'all for tuning in. And like I said, if you got any suggestion, comments, or anything to say, criticism, reach um, out. you can reach out or you can keep it to yourself. Hey, man. I'll let y'all next week, man. Appreciate y'all.